Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition of A Hoop's Journey. Um, the first guest that we will have here that necessarily has a, a pretty unique path um, on the way to where they are. Um, a man who's uh, born and raised BC product, uh, proud Richmond uh, represent, Coltsville. Um, a guy who's, you know, sacrificed, put his head down, treated people well, super humble, and now to this day can call himself uh, an NBA champion. We are more than excited to have uh, the strength and conditioning coach for the Toronto Raptors, Mr. Johnny Lee. How are you, sir? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Um, I know that uh, between John Acob and Maeve and the local Richmond community, there'll be a bunch of people that'll uh, tune into this episode. So uh, what we kind of do at the start is we just check in and obviously you're in the middle of the bubble. You're in, you know, you're right in the middle of the playoffs and um, we appreciate you giving your time because I know it's chaotic and you, you have probably five, six different schedules to juggle at a time. And and how is the bubble and just COVID overall been for you and your family and your, and how did you adjust and what are the things that, you've maybe learned that you've, that have come out of this, um, this whole sort of pandemic and the chaos of it. You know, when, the when this COVID thing kind of started, we were on our way to the West coast for, a, uh, almost like a two week road trip. And, you know, people were talking about it. We're on the plane, like, Hey, are you worried about it? And we're like, nah, it's nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about. And then, you know, every day you hear a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. You know, fortunately, we were uh, during that road trip. We were in, actually in the Golden State for like three nights, which was pretty unusual. Like we had a couple of days off and played a game, and then stayed overnight after the game. Even so, that, it was kind of nice that way. And so my uh, my wife uh, Adrian was able to uh, join me there, and nice. and uh, as part of that, her joining me, she was able to also go up to uh, Portland. Uh, and that's where we have a lot of friends that come down from Vancouver to come and visit. That's a good chance for me to catch up with uh, all my friends uh, and my brother who, who comes down to see us. But, uh, you know, we were talking about it and everybody is kind of like, kind of put it in the back burner. We weren't taking it serious at all, the COVID thing. And uh, the last game that we had uh, was against uh, Utah. <laughs> and as all of you know, that's, that was the, uh, that's, kind of like where it I guess hit and so our last game was with Utah we land as soon as we landed um, I I went to go visit my daughter at Western I hadn't seen her for a long time and then came back and then when I came back I uh, we heard the news like NBA shut down and Mm -hmm. you know and because of a certain player in Utah and and as soon as we found out uh, our medical team was amazing. They had tests set up for all of us, and there was a call, call out for all all our staff, uh, families, to go and get tested. And so we got tested right away. I think this was like midnight, 1230. Mm. Uh, we got the call, and we were at the hospital until 1 in the morning, and then we all got tested, and they said, you know, stay home until you get a phone call. And let me tell you, that test did not feel good when that thing went up your nose. Holy cow. I was going to ask that. Yeah, is it as bad as everyone says? Yeah, I thought it was going to touch my brain, but uh, it, was, <laughs> like, it was deep. It was really deep. Oh. But uh, went home and uh, 
you know, we're waiting by the phone. They said, they said, don't leave the house, uh, you know, just stay put. And then fortunately, uh, three days late, uh, four days later, I get a call from the health department. Uh, my, my test came back negative and they asked me to stay home for uh, another couple of days. And then they called back, hey, any symptoms? And we're like, no, no, no. And, and then that's when I was able to, uh, to, to leave and go outside again. Uh, right. But, but during that time when everybody was getting tested and we're like, we were all scrambling, like, what are we going to do? What, what does this mean? And as soon as the next day after we, we had our tests, I was phoning, phoning my uh, vendor. Uh, I work with this guy named Kamal McDoom. He's, uh, he supplies me with all my equipment in, uh, in, in, in Toronto. And I told him, I need power blocks. I need benches. I need bikes. Whatever you can get me, I need it all. And we were yeah. trying to find out which guys were, you know, in, in Toronto. And I just wanted to make sure we had everything ready to, to send out to guys' houses if they, you know, if they had to stay in quarantine. Because at that yeah. time, we didn't know whether, you know, we were only going to be out for two weeks or three weeks. You know, we didn't, we didn't realize it was going to be for, what, three and a half months that we were going to yeah. be quarantined. So yeah. it was, you know, it was quite a challenge, uh, you know, phoning everybody, getting everything together. And then, you know, during my five days of quarantine, I was writing up uh, programs just in case to send to the guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one way I looked at it was at that time we had, you know, we weren't 100% healthy yet. And I, I saw the silver lining. I said, okay, when the NBA starts again, this is a time for us to recoup, rest, and, and just get ready. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just looked at the positives of, of, of that. But, you know, little, little did we realize it was going to be three months, right? Yeah. Yeah, everybody got to get healthy. <laughs> yeah. And then so, you know, a lot of opportunity for everyone to, to get back uh, to themselves. And then at that time, my, my daughter Quinn came back from uh, uh, Western. Uh, school shut down. So we were, we were pretty well all together <laughs> the whole yeah. time. <laughs> whether you liked it or not yeah <laughs> yeah it was quite an adjustment I, you know i had yeah had a tougher time adjusting than than uh, my wife and my daughter because you know through the last 10 years i've always been out you know i was always at work i was always doing something and then yeah. when there's nothing to do or you're just waiting uh kind of uh, i don't know it's not normal for me so yeah but for sure you know, we kept busy with a lot of uh medical meetings with our medical team, what are we going to do? Uh, to, uh, you know, reaching out to guys, we, we broke up uh, our system where I would be in charge of two guys, another person would be in charge of three people, and so on. Right. And and as the months went on, uh, one of our, our coaches, uh, his wife, uh, Emily Sand, she does uh, yoga. And so she started doing Zoom yoga for all the staff and, and some players. So mm -hmm. it was three days a week, you know, and that was, uh, you know, that was a good way for us to connect together as a staff, even though we couldn't see each other. Uh, you know, you know, every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yoga at 10 o'clock and, you know, you didn't want to miss it because it was something to do as part of your day. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the, sure. the players that were still in Toronto, uh, I would do uh, three times a week uh, Zoom workouts. I had, you know, I had, I have, I have my, you know, my, uh, my, my power blocks as well, my kettlebells and, and, 
uh, bands and I had all these things sent to the guy. So they had all the same equipment that I had. So we would do workouts together. So it was a good time to get in shape. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say I definitely feel stronger and my cardio is better, but I feel like I'm 15 pounds heavier. No doubt. There's no, I <laughs> <laughs> could easily change both ways. Right? Yeah. Dom Zimmerman sent me one of your workouts. Like it's the one where it's like push-ups, squats, crunches or something. And you time it, you know, Burpees, it, yeah. Yeah. Each round goes down and he's like, give it a try. And I, I literally thought I was going to die halfway through. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, so that's one of the other things that kept me busy. Our social media, our, our company wanted to still keep engaged with, uh, with the fans. So they asked me to do these uh, weekly workouts and so on. So yeah, uh, that was, that was fun too. And yeah, we tried to do that with our, we did that with our school as well uh, through our Instagram. So we actually, you know, shared a couple of yours and just said, you know, give these a try, just any way to kind of engage with the kids and keep them busy. But yeah, it's been a, an interesting trying time for all of us and how's life in the bubble been. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned being a busy guy, there's times during the day that you're probably busy, but you probably have a lot of downtime too. Have you found yourself becoming more of a reader or has there been enough to do where, your day kind of goes by there's there's enough to do where yeah uh and we've kind of adjusted so we've yeah. been gone since uh june 22nd uh, right so that we, long we actually, yeah so we actually left uh toronto on june 22nd and we met in naples so we had a oh. uh kind of like a mini 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 camp in naples mm. uh which which was which was good, but, you know, obviously everybody was, you know, worried because at that time, Toronto uh, numbers were going down as far as COVID and Florida was just like starting to just jack up. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like that second wave of, uh, of uh, infections, I guess. And, yeah. you know, fortunately when we were in Naples, our, you know, our, our, our team doctor, Howard Petrov was there with us and, uh, you know, he kept reminding us, you know, these are the things that we need to do, washing your hands, uh, covering your mouth, wearing a mask. Um, and we had a, a company that came in and tested us uh, every other day, mm. right? So, you know, after the after the initial seven days, everybody was, you know, pretty clear. So, but we still had to make sure we, we practice good protocol all the time. Um, yeah. But you it was a good way to, you know, reconnect with everybody again. And yeah. after such a long hiatus, like, I've never been away from the team for that long yeah. in my 11 years. Like, not not being able to see somebody, uh, you know, physically see them and punch them and whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I feel you, man. The extroverts, like, I, I just want to, like, dap someone and give someone a bear hug. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, it's hard. So, especially, it's hard. In a, it's very difficult. Yeah, especially in a team environment where you just are spending so many hours together, it's to have that broken up is, yeah, it's hard. I think it's every, everybody should at least be able to admit at some point, maybe their, you know, their mental health took a little bit of a hit and just we're kind of figuring out what the heck is going on and how do I get through this? Because it's been a challenge for all of us in our own little right. And I'm glad that you guys are all safe and doing well and that the NBA has done a good job in the bubble. And, um, you know, you can get back to at least some sort of normalcy, right? And it's been, been nice to have the games back on as a, as a fan, right? To make things at least feel, hey, we're going in the right direction, you know? Right. So, yep. you know, after Naples, we were there for two weeks. Uh, 
and then we were straight straight to Orlando. We took a bus to uh, Orlando, and then once we got into the uh, Orlando bubble, then we had to quarantine for 36 hours. And then once we had, you know, they got tested, and we get tested every single day. We have to take uh, oxygen saturation tests and uh, temperature checks every morning before we leave our room. Mm. And they go, you know, it's downloadable. It's an app that they take, and it goes directly to the computer, and it's attached to your uh, your your I guess your key or your your wrist guard that tells you your movement. And so, for example, if I don't take my temperature. And, and my numbers in the morning, I try to leave the building, it'll, it'll show blue or red. And then they'll stop me and then they'll ask me, hey, did you do this And sometime? And I'll say, no, sorry, I forgot. And so they'll do it right there. Wow. And, and we'll get a note if you didn't go get tested for your actual uh, COVID testing. Right? That's the most important part because you miss that test and you're quarantined for three days automatically. Right. You don't want to be quarantined for three days. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Thanks for sharing all that. That's awesome. I want to just jump right into it, man. Like I obviously know you and, and, you know, I've met you a few times and have chatted with you, but didn't know a lot about you and your story until you sent me a few details and stuff. So let's just talk about what it was like for you being a, a young guy growing up and being a, you know, living in Richmond and how did sports sort of start to come into your life? And, you know, you, en- you end up becoming a teacher, which we'll talk about, but uh, what was it about just sport in general that kind of got you start to, to start to think of like a little kid and were you just, uh, were you a hockey kid? Were you a basketball kid? How did that work for you and your family when you were a little guy? Yeah. You know, growing up in uh, I know, and we moved to Richmond, I guess when we were, uh, Grade uh, three, I think. Okay. Grade three, we lived in Vancouver before that. But uh, grade three, we moved to Rich, uh, uh, Richmond. I went to Brighouse Elementary School. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went to uh, Jay and Burnett. Uh, at that time, it was a junior high from eight to eight to ten. Yep. And that's where that's where I played a lot of sports. I uh, I don't want to brag, but I got athlete of the year three years in a row, so it's okay. No big deal. Yeah, playing basketball, volleyball, uh, badminton, uh, did a little bit of rugby. Just just every sport that keep me busy. I just I just played. How's your badminton game? Are you nice? Badminton's not. I'm I'm, I'm pretty good still. I, really? I still, and it transferred over to pickleball as well too. So. Okay. Okay. Gil uh, Gil Chung Gil Chung was like a national champion. Gil so. Chung was good. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. I remember Gil. Yeah. I, we did play a couple of open gym badminton games. He's yeah. He's he's got a good game. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping you'd say you just trump him, but. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but he is quite a bit younger. <laughs> So what was it about sport? Was it, was it being, you know, was it a being around the guys? Was it the competitive thing? What, what was it that for you just drew you to being part of all those teams and not even picking one, just kind of being a, a part of them all? You know, it's just, I, I just like, like, like I said, I just always wanted to keep busy. I, I ran track. I was part of KJAX track and field club. And, you know, that was in the summertime, uh, and you know, playing tennis all the time, uh, just just sports was just an outlet for for me and something to do. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess I wish I could have focused on more on like maybe one or two specific sports instead of like doing everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
but you know, I was happy with what I was doing and, and just, and I just enjoyed competing. I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And you, other people, right. you know, like growing up as grade eight and grade nine, you know, like I think Maeve mentioned this about the, uh, the open gyms over at Richmond high. Yeah. Right. And I would, I would go to them and, you know, we'd be playing against men. You're kind of intimidated, <laughs> you know, guys in their, you know, late twenties, late thirties. And they're, they're, they still come around and, and, and play. And, uh, that's where I got to know quite a few of the, like the Richmond alumni who, you know, who eventually became my friends, even as a, as a young, uh, young grade nine playing in, 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 in these open gyms, you know, we, kept in touch and then we would play throughout the years and so on. Yeah. And as, as I became a teacher and some of them were teachers as well, you know, we, we just, uh, were able to keep in contact. Yeah. So, you know, Richmond's a small community. It's, it really, really, really is. And everybody knows each other. Everybody knows someone, uh, that's been to Richmond or eventually you can ask someone, it's like, Hey, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, it's my next door neighbor or something like that. <laughs> It's, it's weird it is weird like that but also too the you know the to extend to that too like the basketball community is small too like it's big but it's small right and and then you throw Correct. just richmond in there it's like you guys all know each other and that, i think that's kind of it's the cool part of it too right so what was your time like at richmond high obviously going to a school like um that was you know had a rich basketball history and you know at that time of the year and was did you have a bunch of buddies from Burnett that came over with you and was that still like your crew to this day or like their few yeah, relationships? No, yeah. Like, uh, yeah I had uh, some close friends that uh um uh, from Burnett uh one of them's a uh, orthopedic surgeon now uh Dave Souden he, he's uh, he's got a clinic out in uh, North Van and uh he, he was our valedictorian at our at Richmond uh Jamie Stone who played uh High school, ba- uh, the senior, senior men's, seniors basketball, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, no, we're still close. We, they, they, they are texting me all the time and see how I'm doing. Um, uh, I reached out to, I think, uh, B, B Tate, B Tate, don't be late. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, let's see who else. Uh, but, you know, all my high school friends are, are, are my close friends to, to, to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you grew up, grew up in a system where it went from grade eight to ten, you had that close knit group, mm. and then you went over to, you know, uh, eleven and twelve, and then your group kind of expanded with, uh, you know, three or four other junior highs. Yeah, and uh, you know, you gravitate to the same type of people that uh, you, you that are like you, I guess, and uh, you know, you just hung out a lot. Yeah, you know, like. My uh, my older brother uh, was a year older than me, and I used to hang out with him all the time, and and hang out with all his friends. And now all his friends are are my friends yeah. that that still live in Richmond and and so on. Yeah, it's funny you get status. You go from like being the annoying little brother who's always tagging along to like, okay, now we're grownups and we can go for a beer or whatever, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Funny how it works like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. And uh, what what were you involved in at Richmond High? Like, did you continue to be involved in sport, or what, what was that like for you in your high school high school experience there? Yeah, no, I, I still played a lot of sports. I, I didn't make the uh, senior team, but I still played. Uh, I played junior varsity, played uh, played badminton, uh, played some volleyball. But uh, uh, as far as the basketball part of it, you know, uh, since I didn't make the 
senior team, I, I asked uh, Bill to, to see if he needed a manager. So that's how I started doing the managing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we, I guess we won in uh, 87. Yeah. That was our first, first title in 87. Yep. Uh, and then after we graduated, uh, they won again, like 88. Right. That was uh, uh, BTT or Joey DeWitt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who who was on that yeah. eighty seven team? Eighty seven team, uh, Rob Rowett, uh, yeah. Jamie Stone, uh, Warren Matthews. Uh, those are these are the guys that were in my year. Yeah, uh, Sean Maisie. Let's see who else. Um, Mike Harad. Yeah, uh, and yeah, and, and then B Tate obviously Putsy. Yeah, uh, Wit. Um, Jeez, I can't remember. How good were Tate and Putsy? Like, just yeah. You know what? For their think, time, you I know. Think, but I think uh, I think Joey Dewitt was underrated. I've heard that lots of people say that underrated. Like Joey was the kind of guy that you want on your team, but you hated when he was on the other team. Like, <laughs> did someone say Brian Scales or? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I think he was worse. <laughs> if you can believe it. If you can believe it. Yeah. I think he might have been worse than Scalesy. Uh, yeah. Joey will, will give you that elbow, and he wouldn't get caught. That's the only thing. Yeah. yeah he was he was good that way, man. But at the same time, when you need a bucket, he, he gave it to you. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 you're not the first person that has mentioned that name as well that say, like, man, he could – he could play when it was a huge key to those teams. So that's awesome. And yeah. kind of just uh, you know, go ahead. Uh, do, you, do you know what happened to his career after high school? No. I think he played college. Did he? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I won't tell you how old I was in 1987, buddy, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's so cool. And I've mentioned on the podcast before that my brother was a manager. You know, he played high school at Centennial for Richie Chambers. But after that, he you know, was the manager at UBC for five years under Bruce Enns and even came back to Langara for a couple of years when I was playing there. So it was like, you know, I just love the guys that are there because they just love to be a part of the team and just, you know, are just can feel connection to it. Right. And so you're finishing up grade 12. How do you know, or when, at what point of your life do you know, like, I want to get into education and, and become a teacher? Was there someone uh, like, was there a mentor in your life? Was it a family member? Or was it something you just thought like, hey, I like I like this PE thing. I like being active. I can actually get paid to like work with kids and help them grow and develop. Like what what was it that got you, you into know, that? You know, in, uh, in uh, junior high, I had a, had a PE teacher named uh, George Light. He's retired now. But uh, man, I, I really looked up to this guy because he was always doing something mm. like working out with his uh, working out with his uh, students and so on. Mm -hmm. So, for example, at that time, uh, triathlons just started to happen. Okay, and and uh, so George uh, George was was training for all these events and these you know he he go and and race on the weekends and stuff, and he'd need to get his training time. So, for example, he so he would do uh, a cross country unit. And he'd run with every single class. And now he got his miles in. I'm just like, man, this guy's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's getting paid to train himself. He's getting he's paid to play. Class. Yeah. Exactly. And I just looked at him. I was just like, 
wow. And but the thing was, when he ran with the with the with the students, he'd be leading the pack. He wasn't like just in the middle of the pack, oh, okay. telling them where to go. He was leading, and we all tried to chase him. And <laughs> you know, and sometimes when I would get him, it'd be like the third third class and to be this third run of the day and we still couldn't catch him. I was like, man, this, this guy lived it. Right. <laughs> and, and, and along with that, he was, uh, he was a great, uh, coach a great volleyball coach. I think he, he might've did some, uh, coaching, uh, with national teams and, and so on. I, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but, uh, just, uh, meticulous, uh, meticulous coach. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, no. So you know, growing up, you know, as, as a PE teacher, you know, uh, he was, you know, he was one of my. I think, you know, I would have to say one of my mentors, like, like somebody I looked up to. Yeah. Uh, you know, another mentor of mine would be uh, uh, Jeff Lockbaum. Yeah. The, the football coach from uh, Richmond High. Of course. And uh, so you know, I've, I've known Jeff for many years now, and after I graduated. Uh, Got to know him as a colleague as well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a friend, and a good friend. Legend. So, yeah, yeah. So cool. That's awesome. So it was just a natural progression for you to, you know, get into UBC at good marks, and just wanted to do that. And got no, 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 okay. no not good marks. It took me a long time to get into UBC. <laughs> I had to do the old uh, Quantlin College route. You know, yeah. you know, one of the one of my uh, say regrets. I don't know if I can say regrets, but learning experience mm-hmm. is. Uh, I followed uh, one of my mom's advice to go into business school. Mm. And I'm like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll, why not? I'll try it. In my first year, and this one year that you waste and and you're like, no, I'm not wasting another year again. Yeah. So I just went, no, I'm not, I'm not following this route. I'm going to go. Um, I want to be a PE teacher. You know, you, 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 like you said, you get paid to play and train. And yeah. it's just like, wow. And, and you're active all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did you did you do your masters right after? Like, or did you? No, wait, no, so, yeah. You no, know, went to, to UBC. Uh, finally, got in. Took a while. <laughs> uh, got in, and then after that, um, I had a tough. Uh, my my grade point average wasn't all that great either. But <laughs> I kept uh, doing a lot of volunteer work because I was trying to get into a teacher college. And it took me about. Three or f- three or four tries to get into teacher college until I finally got in. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, and then I got into the two-year program of uh, teacher college, uh, and uh, I, was, I was taking courses for my background was basically uh, elementary, uh, intermediate uh, training. Okay. So. And uh, during this time, like, sorry to cut you off, like, is anatomy and physiology kind of are you are you into that stuff too? Like you're just interested in how the body works, or th- this is kind of I, I'm super intrigued to this part of the story about you and how you make the transition. But or is it like I just want to just be fit and show kids how to stay fit, or is it still kind of something you're super interested in? Oh no, no, I'm, I've got a lot of interest in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so my my first degree in UBC was a PE degree. Okay, so I was actually the last graduating class to have phys ed as a degree right after that after that they changed it to uh, kinesiology okay made a fancy word eh, kinesiology <laughs> <laughs> so i was a i was a relic of phys ed <laughs> and then yeah no I, I i i love those courses anatomy courses uh you know talking about anatomy uh last year when we were in vegas 
uh, one of our uh, physios here, um, Amanda, uh, they, they set up a uh, kind of like a, a, sh a clinic about the uh, shoulder. And so we actually went to a lab in Vegas doing uh, Vegas Summer League. And, and this lab was like something that looks like from a movie where, you know, you put your gown on, you got the face shields and everything. And on each table was a shoulder cadaver. What? Yeah. There was like six, six or eight cadavers, shoulder cadavers. Right. Mm -hmm. And they say, Hey, we want you to look at it. You know, here's a, a, a telescope or not telescope, uh, the TV, uh, camera mm -hmm. that goes into the shoulder and then you take whatever tool that you want and you know we want you to try to clean up the uh the, the tissue around the shoulder i'm like what <laughs> we get to do it like live <laughs> <laughs> well i'm just in there hands on and trying to trying to work the grill uh, sorry not the grill the, the the drill uh we're you know trying to take away some of the uh the, the 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 tissue and it's like okay I gotta move this muscle and then trying to cauterize you know take the cauterizing uh, uh, tool and just like soldering things together or not just like fooling around with it it was just it was just so unique to be able to do that wow right like just uh, you're like I made it man this is like my dream right no nah, like I'm just fooling <laughs> around but and then this year was supposed to be an ankle I'm like holy cow that's but cool then obviously got canceled yeah that's awesome. <laughs> I'm also interested, I'm also interested like you got I have a master's in leadership and administration and I see communication and leadership and why that way and I feel like you know in your line of work you know your leadership ability and you're able your ability to communicate not that necessarily communication leadership is like speaking to people but what did you learn from that program that maybe you're applying to this day? Like I, that's such a, I would have loved to have been in a program like that too. And I'm, I'm glad I did mine, but I found that super intriguing in terms of what you do for a living and how you probably have to apply that on a daily basis. You know, those, the, the last two years of uh, the, the, the master's program was very, uh, what do you call it? Very enlightening. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I guess maybe at that point of your life where, you're taking something, I guess, you know, the reason why I took it was maybe like, okay, you can be a vice principal and kind of move up the ladder a little bit. Yeah. But it, it, it turned out to be something so much beyond that. Just that I just, just, just the, some of the things that we talked about was I used to be a very uh, kind of like a black and white type of person. It's either good or bad or so on. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I took that course, I, I realized there was a lot of gray and there's a lot of reason for the gray. And you had to, I, I became a lot more empathetic, uh, which helped me become a much better person and, and a teacher. Uh, I don't know if you know, like when I started teaching at Richmond high, I, I was running a program called the pre-employment program. Okay. And what this program was, was it took, uh, uh, kids that were sometimes high-risk youth. Mm -hmm. uh, some, some of these kids couldn't follow uh, what do you call a regular curriculum. Mm -hmm. uh, some of these kids were court-ordered to be at this program or be in jail. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was kind of a, almost like a last, last, last uh, attempt or last chance, I guess. 
for some sort of education for the, for some of these kids. Right. So I had, you know, it, you know, it wasn't the typical, you know, come into school and, and they know how to behave and there's a lot of, you know, issues and so on. And, uh, so it was very, very challenging at the very beginning uh, yeah. because I just always said, you know, well, you're either you're late or you're not late. Yeah. <laughs> either here or you're not here and so on. Yeah. Right. Um, but then after, you know, taking that program after uh, that leadership program after a couple of years, I, I, I understood uh, the reasons why these kids were not showing up or there's a reason why they're late and so on. Like, you know, one story I, I, I tell people is uh, I, I was really a little bit hard on this kid because, you know, con consistently late. It's like, hey, man, you can't be late anymore. And he's like, well, why are you late? And he's like, Mr. Lee, they turned off the power at my house. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> hey, can I get you anything? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, and it totally switches. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the circumstances that some of these kids have are just like, wow, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, and those, and those kids are lucky to have you as an educator and, you know, being w willing to make yourself vulnerable and think differently and grow and, and start to understand that, hey, it's not as black and white. You know, we are kind of taught old school, right? You know, you listen to your teachers, you show up on time. But, you know, I think that's the key is when you can understand, hey, there's people are going through things that we, we never know. And until we have those conversations, we can't do anything to either help or support them, right? That's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, you know, uh, you know, to go on about the program, you know, yeah. they, they, took, they, they took courses in the morning. Uh, you know, modified type courses or regular courses. And then in the afternoon, uh, I would have to find uh, jobs for them. Oh, yeah. And so they would they would go to their, in the afternoon, instead of going to school in the afternoon, they'd go to a work placement and they would work for uh, experience. Hmm. And that would be part of their credit. And then, you know, and a lot of times, if the, you know, if they work really hard, the, uh, j the placement would offer them a job. Mm-hmm. And so they got, you know, they got something out of it. So that's cool. It was, uh, it was a unique program. That's very cool. Yeah. You ever, uh, you ever hear from any of those kids as, as young men and women, or have you bumped in? No, 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 not at all. No, I, I, no idea. You know, I'm sure if I, I, I did run into a couple yeah. after they graduated, after I, uh, uh, after they graduated and they, they had, they had jobs, which I was like really happy about. Yeah. Just like, wow. Okay. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's, more, that's more than before the program started right so right yeah right so and i'm sure was, just because you knew about one doesn't mean that there's not more yeah you take your victories right you take your small victories and that's all you need yeah without question man that's great stuff um and so you're what was your first year teaching at richmond high like what year jeez yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i can't remember so you got in 87 so, and took you five six years to get your degree uh, yeah, yeah, at least 90, I'm thinking 90s, maybe 97. Oh, okay. Okay. So, maybe 97, 98, I think it was my first year. So like Gil and, pa so it's more Gil and Pasha than it is like Mavis, Kyle Russell sort of era. Yes, yeah. that's right. Okay. Those guys were gone already. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's and then. Because I help, I help coach uh, Gil and Pasha. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you did, you did coach a little bit, hey? Right on. Yeah. I, you know, some of the years that I coach, I coached uh, because I always, when I was trying to get into, I 
university, you need to have that type of experience, you know, working with kids and so on. Yeah. So I was I approached uh, Kyle Russell, Mike Davis, uh, uh, McDonald at uh, Burnett. Yeah. Oh, no way. So when they, yeah, when they were going up through Burnett 8, I coached them in grade 8. I had too much in grade 9. So And then I coached them again in grade uh, 10. That's awesome. And then, and then I helped coach uh, Kyle and them uh, grade 11 and 12. Oh, that's awesome. Big Mike Davis. Yeah. Such a good guy. Brian McDonald. Big Mike Davis, yeah. Good dudes. I've been to the, the McDonald's boy. I've been to the cabin too, by the way. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've been. Went with Bristow and Claude Derry. Went for a win for a weekend. So, yeah. 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 Coach, help coach uh, Bristow as well. Yeah. Oh, did you? That's awesome. Yeah. So then, so, so and how does, like, it, it's so cool. You, you know, you're a, a ball boy for the Grizzlies and you start to become the national team manager how, and strength coach. How does that start to come in? Is there, is there someone who makes a call? Are you making a phone call? Um, do you apply for something? How, how does that, because this is when things start to turn for you and, and, you know, teaching sort of is no longer and then you start to transition into other stuff, right? So um, tr- trying to find the balance between teaching and then all of that is kind of chaotic just to think about. But how did that start to come into your life? So I guess uh, I was at a, I was at B. Tate's wedding hmm. and I was sitting at, uh, at, our, at the table I was sitting. There was a a guy that was a manager for the UBC men's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was uh, Tony. I forget his last name though. Okay. And uh, Tony's like, we're just talking. It's like, hey, John, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, I'm going to teach your ed, going to graduate. And then, um, um, you know, just trying to try to get a job right after that for, you know, teaching job. And, and, he, gonna, and he asked me, he's like, hey, would, would you be interested in like being kind of like a, not a ball boy, but a, I guess, ball boy but more than just doing game stuff like taking care of their facility and and taking care of the locker room and so on i'm like yeah i'd love to do that mm-hmm. so he says okay i'll i'll give you the number for uh the head trainer for ubc his name was uh, uh his name is ted lorenz so i call him it's like hey ted it's, you know i've heard about this position and he's like yeah let me give you the number for troy wenzel who is the uh head trainer for the Vancouver Grizzlies. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I called Troy. I called Troy and I said, Hey, you know, I, I heard about this position. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what do you think? And he's like, uh, come meet me at this time at GM place. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I show up, I'm sitting there and waiting and he comes out of the back and he goes, John, John. And I'm like, uh, yeah. He's like, Hey, Troy Wenzel, come on, let's go to work. That was my interview. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I started moving boxes. You know, like at that time, the GM place wasn't finished yet. Right. They were rushing to finish up. Like the locker room didn't have walls yet. It was, you know, just the, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the metal uh, before they put the drywall up. Yeah. The framing. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were just, we're moving equipment in. Okay. This is going to be a storage room. We're going to put all the, all the, be- uh, you know, uh, bandages, tape, all that kind of stuff. We're going to store it in here and doing everything. Just started working. And then, you know, I, I just started working from there. And then uh, once the game started, I guess uh, I had my, at that time I had gotten my job as uh, a teacher, 
at, at Richmond High, but I wasn't working full time yet. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of I split it a little bit, you know, do a little bit here and do a little bit there. And I would take care of the practice facility that was in the Richmond. Yep. You remember the old Chris Lee facility there? Absolutely. So I would I would take care of that. I had the code, basically I had the key for the, the place. And uh, yeah, and um, that's you know, oh, man. We, uh, working that for a couple of years and going through the losing streaks and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then okay so one were you in like a shirt and tie or like a golf shirt and then all of a sudden you're physically starting to move boxes and just sweating your bag off on day one or what yeah no i had, I had a, like just a polo shirt and like you know pants and and it's like, come on, let's get to work. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I haven't sure. signed a paper yet. Yeah. My, yeah. you know, my banking information yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and you know, the 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 thing is, uh, the assistant trainer for the Grizzlies at that time, his name is uh, Scott McCullough. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, back in the day, it was just the head trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an assistant trainer who was also the equipment guy. And then one strength coach, and and then that was it. That was your support staff. That's not right. even that long. Ago. And uh, yeah, and then Scott, after the Grizzlies moved to Memphis, Scott went with the Grizzlies as the head guy. Troy, uh, Troy left and uh, uh, went back home and uh, started started his own business. And then Scott went with the Grizzlies. He became the head trainer for the Grizzlies for a number of years, and then. He's actually our head trainer for Toronto now. Oh, no way. Yeah, so I've known Scott since back when the Grizzly days. When when when, when were the Grizzly days? 97? I feel like that right? 96, 90, what? 96, 97. Yeah, to yeah, 2001, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you guess we get, I guess in the end, you just owe B. Tate, like, a, do you send him a gift every every anniversary for him or what? Like, thanks for getting married, man. Oh, why'd you have to bring it up? Now he's going to hear this. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> no, he's going to expect one from me. Come <laughs> on, oh, man. Like, send him a medium Raptors t-shirt or something, you know? Yeah, something. I, I, I'll send him some gear for sure. <laughs> but I think it says a lot, you know, everybody that, uh, that that knows you, Johnny, I think know that you're a humble, hardworking guy. And I, I, I think, you know, the one thing that Corbin and I have learned listening to everybody's stories in this podcast is, you know, some people call it a stroke of luck and some people, you know, like an Ian Hydeley or Scott Morrison, they talk about timing and all these things, but I also think like good things happen to good people. Like that gentleman maybe doesn't have that conversation with you if he doesn't think that you're a good guy and, and, you know, isn't willing to put his name on the line for you. So, you know, I think that says a lot about how you treat people, how, you know, you grow up to just not burn bridges and you're just open-minded and treat everyone well because you never know when someone's going to need you or an opportunity is around the corner. Like that's a, that's a powerful story. I think that a lot of people can learn from, you know what I mean? No, that's, that's so true. Like I was, you know, you know, to, to segue into how I got the national team. Yeah, absolutely. uh, How I got to know Jay was uh, as a ball boy, Jay was the head of uh, community relations at that time in with the, with the Grizzlies, and then he was also the I think play play by play or color commentator yeah. with uh, Don Poyer. Yeah, and uh, you know they would sit at uh, uh, on the on 
on the side there. And before each game, I made sure there was like water and, and snacks and anything they needed. And I come up and check on them. It's like, Hey guys, what do you guys need? You need anything? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that was my introduction to Jay really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then one day Jay asked me to, to come into his office and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Did I get in trouble? Did I do something right? Like, did I put the water in the wrong spot or something? Anyways, uh, I go into the office and he's like, hey, John, uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, I just got the head coaching job uh, for the men's national team. And, and I said, Jay, I, I heard it on the radio. So proud of you, man. Congratulations. That's awesome. And he goes, now that I'm the head coach, I, I'd like you to be my manager. And then first thing I did was I turned around. Mm. I turned around, looked behind me. It's like, who, me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'd like you to be my manager. It's like, what? I was like, Jay, I'd be honored to. I'd be so honored to, to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm saying this right now, just giving me goosebumps. Yeah. Thinking thinking about that day, I just, I was just so, uh, that was, was such an honor to be a, a part of Team Canada. Yeah. Right. Good Lad Clothing is the most unique shopping experience in the Lower Mainland. The owner, Shane Meyer, has worked hard to create a personal experience, offering clothing, specialized coffee, haircuts, and beard trims. Located in Lower Lonsdale at 221 West Esplanade in North Vancouver, seconds from the C-Bus. If you are unable to make it to the store, you can shop online at shopthefoldgroup.com. And oh yeah, in-store, if you mention a hoops journey, you'll receive 15% off anything store-wide. We want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Parkside Brewery. Located in the heart of Port Moody on Brewers Row, Parkside offers an amazing atmosphere with one of the best summer patios around. If you can't make it to the brewery located at 2731 Murray Street, then hit any government retail store and try the Don Pilsner, the Dusk Pale Ale, or my favorite, the Dreamboat Hazy IPA. A Hoops Journey promises that the beer at Parkside is much, much, much better than the owner, Sam Payne's streaky jump shot. We hope to see you Parkside. Yeah. I'm also amazed you didn't even you didn't even give him the let me check with my wife first, hey? <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> You're like, I'm willing. This is oh, where I draw the line. Oh. <laughs> That's so cool. And I, you know, I just the, you just think like, like you say, the goosebumps come up, right? And just the pride of, you know, you're growing up in Richmond, your family, you know, working hard, trying to make a living, get to Richmond, you know, and then all of a sudden how things can work out for people is so crazy. Next thing you know, you're wearing the maple leaf on your chest, you know, sitting on the bench with, you know, the 12 best players in our, in our nation. And just talk a little bit about the special moments you had there. I mean, you got to go to the Olympics, you know, you had the Pan Am games, the world championships with Novi there. And we'll talk a little bit about, I remember going with Nova a few times when I was living with them to the Grizzly center and, and watching you train the guys and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just talk a little bit about anything that comes to your mind and, and maybe touch on the Olympics. Cause if, you know, as as someone who's Canadian and super proud to be Canadian and has been involved in basketball, that 2000 year is for me, one of the most special years I've ever 
just as a fan, just to watch what happened for our nation. And um, it makes me hungry for it to happen again for our guys. But so many cool moments you must have had in special times there. Yeah, and then I know uh, our my my first trip was uh, we were going to go to uh, New Zealand uh, during the that ninety nine year because we had to start prepping for uh, the Olympic qualifier in Puerto Rico. Yep. So our first trip was New Zealand. I had to make sure I always had you know all the passports, all the plane tickets, all the bags, all the organizational stuff that you know you had to get done. <laughs> Make, you know, it taught me a lot. It told, taught me a lot of you know you put your mind to it, it can get done. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay would request something, I'd be like, "Yep, I'll, I'll do it," even though I didn't know how to do it, but I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> just just say yes, and then you know if you really can't do it. Then there's something wrong <laughs> because you can always yeah. do it. <laughs> right? You can make it get done. And I remember my first trip. It was. It was. I, I don't know why it stands out in my mind. And we landed in New Zealand, and I, I wanted to get adapted to the uh, time zone right away. So we landed, and uh, I you know, I set my alarm for seven o'clock in the morning for for that for that time time zone, and and I just went out for a run. And it's like about seven thirty, and where I'm running by these fields, and I see these kids in bare feet, and it's not warm, and these kids in this bare feet in the field playing rugby or practicing already. Hmm. It's like seven thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I'm just like looking at these kids, and I'm like, "This is their hockey." Yeah. Right. Yeah. That this is their dedication. This is their. This is their hawk and their national sport is rugby, and this is what they want to do. Yeah, and, and man, I mean, I mean, to to be training without any shoes, uh, and and it wasn't warm, like I said. I'm like, man, these guys are tough. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever read? Have you ever read the book right. Legacy? Uh, it's no. about the transformation of the All Blacks, New Zealand All Blacks, and how they went from kind of a bottom of a barrel rugby nation to um, to becoming the most dominant nation in the world. It's high, I highly recommend it. It's a great book on leadership and team and so okay. many great takeaways. Yeah. It's called legacy. It's a phenomenal book. So, you know, hearing that story is it, no surprise because th- they just eat that stuff up. Hey, and that's, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, just the comparison of like, yeah. okay, you know, you, you, it's the same hockey stories, you know, five in the morning, six in the morning, you're on the ice. Yeah. You're grinding away already at a very young age, yeah. and that's that because that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah, that's cool. So you know, our oh, here's here's a here's a funny story about uh, New Zealand. Yeah. So we're we're playing we're playing like a couple of different matches, and then back then I was I had to take care of all the video equipment as well, and so one of the video equipment was a actually a small TV with a DVD recorder in one, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like that's how old we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I didn't realize there was like all these voltages. Luckily I had all the different adapters and stuff, but I didn't realize you had to have like sometimes a transformer or whatever. Yep. And so I, I, I set up one of the TVs getting ready for a meeting and, and that with our, with our video guy. And, uh, and I was in a room, 
and Sean Marks was in there and because he was playing for the New Zealand national team at that time. Yeah. And the TV was on. And then he walks by and he sees the TV. He's like, hey, mate, your TV's on fire. I'm like, what? <laughs> TV's on fire. I go over there. Yeah, there's flames in the back of the TV. <laughs> I'm just trying to blow this thing out. Blow. <laughs> it finally goes out. I'm like, oh, no, we're, we got nothing. <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> and then uh, I asked somebody, he's like, what happens? Like, you need a transformer. And the guy gives me a transformer so that he doesn't burn it out again, right? And, uh, and then luckily the TV still worked. Are oh. you serious? Yeah. It was just like, it was just a smoke and then I just blew it out. And then I put a, I, I put a test tape in there and it worked. And I'm like, Shh, I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh, no, Jay knows about this. <laughs> just you and Sean Marks, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, mate, he's on fire. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That is amazing. Actually, I just, well, he's, he's the GM for the Brooklyn Nets now. <laughs> that, that is so awesome, man. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask him. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey Kiwi, you remember, you remember me in this story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you stop and actually help blow it out too, man? You just bolted on me, like. <laughs> <laughs> At least he told me. <laughs> How did it? Yeah. So go ahead. Know, we had a couple of our international trips yeah. uh, in '99, and then uh, we we came back and started training. I, I believe in, in Vancouver. Uh, before we headed out to uh, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started getting our team together. Uh, and with who? Swordsy, Mavis, uh, David Daniels, Nashi, mm-hmm. Todd McCullough, Meeks, Garachi, Newton, uh, Sherman Hamilton. Uh, let's see who else was there. Uh, Richie, I think Richie Anderson was part of that team. Eric Heinrichson. Uh, that was the Olympic, oh, the Olympic team. team. Oh, this is the qualifying was, team, right? Yeah. yeah. Greg Francis. Oh, yeah. Greg Francis. Right? Rowan Barrett. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Well, there's one more player. Jeez, I can't remember. Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel a little ashamed that I can't remember his name. It's uh, one more player. It'll come back. It will. But uh, yeah, that was that was our team for uh, Puerto Rico, and boy, did we upset the world there too! Right? How cool is that yeah. to be a part of? Great, yeah. great, great, great experience because nobody expected anything from us. Uh, we were the unri- uh, you know underdog Canadians. Nobody gave us any respect. Yeah. Uh, but was- uh, you know, we were we were the ones that you know Scola to this day remembers that that final play that lost them the game because Scola was part of the Raptors and him and Sherman were talking and they were talking about that game and it's like Scola's like yeah you did this you made a cut and they got you the ball and you, and you passed it to Steve and Steve passed it back and you made a layup like he literally literally remembered every single play really? I'm like how do you do that Scola that was like 20 something years ago crazy and, and, and the reason why, that, I think that was Scola's, might have been his first year mm. uh, with the national team. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, we were the ones that prevented him from going to like six different Olympics or something. Oh, like wow. And he also probably paid attention to the guys who have the same haircut as him at that time, right? Steve had the flow going. So, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it uh, was it Jordy McTavish? Jordy McTavish. That's it. Yeah. Jordy was with us too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. For the people that aren't aware, like, what was the experience, you know, being someone, you know, you've seen a lot of NBA basketball, but just talk about the international game, the heart of Puerto Rico, the fans, the chaos, the heat, like the referees, how wild was that, like, brand of basketball, international basketball at that level? It must have been kind of cool to be a part of for your first, you know, do Obviously, by the Olympics, you're getting a little bit used to it. But just that, I always remember watching those qualifiers and just thinking, like, this just seems really nutty. Yeah, just like, you know, are, are the refs really out there to get yeah. it? You know, you don't know whether, whose team they are, who's, who they're getting paid by kind of thing. It's like, is the, is the, is the Puerto, uh, you know, Puerto Rico, the host nation, want to try to get in that badly that they have somebody underneath their belt? Or, you know, you just... You just didn't know because that was my first experience with international basketball, and and sometimes the refereeing wasn't always very good, as like the uh, American and the Russian team. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Back back in back in back back in the day in the eighties uh, or seventies. Yeah, that's right. right. Yep. So you know that was that was my kind of perception of international basketball that uh, uh, that wasn't always up up to par, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, the fans, you know, every, you know, you don't know what they're saying, but you know, it's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know that, you know, so. Um, and then before we, good thing you didn't know what they were saying, so maybe that was. Yeah, it's thing. probably not a bad thing, actually. You know, just the atmosphere of just like, uh, you know, there's no, there's no smoking bands in there, <laughs> in their building. Yeah. You know? Place is all smoky. It's a little fog of that you're playing in. You know, if you if you added a couple of couple of beats and lasers, you'd be at a rave. Jeez, <laughs> but, uh, you know we played a basketball game through the whole thing. That's so crazy. You know, you know some of the guys I'd like to mention too yeah. are like uh, that that traveled with. We had like a small travel party and uh, with coaches is uh, uh, Gary Schmidt. Gary Schmidt at that time was our video coordinator with the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Jake got to know him and video and, and Gary would dissect videos like, like nobody could at that time with the equipment they had. And back then it was all VHS. So you had to watch rewind, uh, tape that segment yeah. on another, uh, VCR. And then that's, those were your, you know, that's how you edited the, the, the thing. And it would take them hours just to do one game. Oh man. Yeah. Right? But I mean, he was he was he was the best, and Gary and I are, 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 are friends to this day. He was, you know, he was with the last team he was with was with uh, Celtics as a, uh, a scout. Cool, right? And throughout these years, you know, we we see each other on the road. Uh, when he's in Toronto, he'll come over and so yeah. on. Uh, another one of the coaches uh, for that team was uh, Dave Pendergraft. Uh, Dave was. Uh, one of these, also a scout with the Vancouver Grizzlies. Okay. Or uh, like upper upper management with the Grizzlies. He became one of our um, uh, assistant coach in Puerto Rico and in uh, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And I think Dave, uh, Jay, maybe Jay didn't mention that. He said it was one of the coaches that couldn't make it to that one yep. trip. Uh, and that, that was Dave. Yep. And Dave was, was one of them. And... Uh, uh, and like I said, to this day, Dave and I are, are we see each other on the road and we, we share laughs, you know, it's funny how that, that, uh, Olympic experience bonds you to, to people yeah. 
that that you went with. Uh, another great great person is that uh, was our our team doctor, uh, Dr. Andrew Pipe, and he was he's a uh, one of the head of the cardi uh, cardiologists in in Ottawa, and he was one of the best what do you call it drug drug doctors and drug testing and so mm. on. And so we've, we've, we step, still kept in touch. And then our head trainer at that time was uh, uh, Glenn Parson, who's a uh, uh, osteopath doctor mm-hmm. in uh, Barrie, Ontario now. And so, again, like I, I, keep, I keep in touch with uh, these, these great, amazing people. Um, you know, very blessed to have them as, you know, as part of my circle. That's cool. Uh, just, just really blessed. You feel like this, that bond, because it was – you all felt that pride of Canada and, and probably even more than the NBA, you're just spending so much more time, you know, even together, right? Because it's like, we're not just going to wander the streets of Puerto Rico for a dinner by myself. Like I would in maybe Brooklyn or Manhattan, as opposed to like you're in Puerto Rico, you're, you're with a crew of people a lot. Right. And, and it's cool when you get on the road, you learn about each other. And that's one of the, great things about this podcast is the bonds that are formed through basketball. Um, yeah. And, and one of, you know, one of the things that we did was as, as a team, if there was a team meal, we all went together. Mm-hmm. Nobody went at like five o'clock and somebody else went at five 30. I, I knock on everybody's door. Come on, let's go. We got to go eat. Mm-hmm. And you had to eat together. Yeah. That, that was like one of the non-negotiables and nobody, and nobody cared. They, they, they wanted to eat yeah. together. Right. That's cool. And, I kind of, I kind of made it a rule for myself. Like sometimes people want to, whether they want to be alone. Um, sorry, you you weren't allowed to because I'm going to sit beside you, even if you sit over there. I'm gonna, I'll sit beside you so nobody eats by themselves. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Jay really touched you know, on just, that too you know, in his in his episode, just talking about that bond that those guys all had together, and very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two two more questions just about the Canadian stuff before we move to the Raptors and then, you know, we'll get you on your way. Uh, and we totally appreciate your time is one, how did it feel to be, to experience, you know, the Olympics with Maeve? That must've been kind of cool, right? Richmond guys, you know, you're like, you step out onto that opening ceremonies and you're, did you get to go to the opening ceremonies? Yeah, you did, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we did. How, we did uh, all you know, right. All that you talk those, those uh, goosebumps that when Jay offered you the position, and then you know you're working with Maeve a little bit in the off seasons and trying to you know help him grow and develop, and then you're both there and it's like wow, like two two guys from Richmond, man, just standing here in front of the world stage. That had to have been a cool moment. Yeah, it, it's it certainly was. Uh, it just uh, you know reflecting back on it, it's just like never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would go to the Olympics or even have a, a chance to go see an Olympics. Uh, and then now I'm part of the Olympics. And like you said, putting on the, the Canadian Jersey and, and uh, waiting at the, uh, the waiting area just before we walked onto the, the track. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then all the cameras just flashing everywhere. And you've got a camera trying to take in the whole thing and, you know, just trying to take in the moment with, uh, with with the group, you know, I, I, one of the one of the one of the best memories about the Olympics for me was uh, when we first arrived. We arrived like uh, I think a week before the actual thing. We we had just finished playing a tournament 
in Hong Kong, the Diamond Cup. And then uh, we went straight to Sydney to get more acclimatized. And uh, I remember we, we were going to the gym to, to go work out. And it was a, like kind of like a community center gym that they had made for all the athletes in the village. And I'm just looking around and I'm just like, I'm with like the top 1% of the population. Mm-hmm. All these athletes are mm-hmm. here, right? Whatever sport it is, you know, and you're just surrounded by like high excelling individuals, whether it's a team sport or whether it's an individual sport, but this, this is the cream of the crop for these people of, of, of the population, right? Yeah. I just, I just, you know, I just, I just reflect back on that. I'm like, wow, what a, that was an experience itself. Just to, to look around and like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And that's probably not many people. That's your own individual perspective because say like the athletes probably are focused on their sport, but you as someone who's passionate about all sports plus training, plus the, you know, the physical side of things. And you're thinking, oh my God, like I'm literally with all the freaks of the world, like in one place. Like that's. That's cool. That's a great. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it truly was. Uh, I just, you know, hopefully I get to experience it another one more yeah, time. That would be awesome, man. Um, thanks for all these great stories. They're so cool. Uh, tell us. So then how, how do the Toronto Raptors come about for you? Um, and like you say, you know, 11 years of that, like it must feel like a flash and of time here, you know, from <laughs> Richmond, Richmond High 87 to, you know, NBA champions. Like, how how do the Toronto Raptors show up with Johnny Lee? So, you know, kind of to, to go back a little yeah. bit, uh, after the, after the, uh, my national team, national team was till 2004 was my last year, right. I believe. Were you, with, uh, you were on the, the team the, with the, Nove then, right? Good. That went to Indianapolis? Uh, yes, yeah. I was. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so during that time, I guess the Grizzlies left, what, 2001? Yeah, 2001. 2001. At that time, the, the Grizzlies renewed their the, the the lease at the Richmond facility, even though they knew they were right. leaving for another five years. And I was, I, I don't know what, however that made yeah, sense. Yeah, <laughs> neither. They still did it. And then they, they renewed that lease, but then they built another training facility downtown. <laughs> what? I was oh. like, oh, that's not good business practice. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I think it might have been. Uh, this is my only my opinion, but maybe they were just trying to, I don't know, lose money to so that they can make a better pitch to to be able to right. move. Yeah, or yeah. Because it just didn't make sense. You renew a lease for a practice facility that you already have, but yet you build another one. Yep. I don't, yep. So I was like, oh, that didn't make sense. But it, it was it came to my advantage, yeah. anyways. Because I have a key still, so that's when I was able to train, you know, like Nove and Mavis and Randy Knorr and uh, Kyle and um, Meldrum and a bunch of different other people that I just had access to a gym, right? Yeah. And and we were able to use that gym. Like, I don't know if you know, we did Mavis talk to you about the, the WCBA, the Western Canada Basketball Academy. We started a, a business. No, he didn't mention that, but yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. So it was me, uh, Denny, and uh, Mavis, and we like we were talking about it, and we're like, well, let's 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 start doing it. And so we started sending out flyers, uh, uh, 
And, and, you know, we eventually we just got a couple of kids and it just eventually started to grow and grow and grow. And we needed more and more guys to help us <laughs> do these, these, these camps. Yeah. I guess. So, you know, our, our business model was, I would kind of take care of all the strength conditioning uh, portion of it. Um, Mavis did the uh, skills and drills and then he did the actual gameplay. Okay. And then, you know, we'd have little groups and then they rotate. So everybody, you know, you, you get to you, you get to work with each group, yeah. right? And then at the end, you just play games and so on. So that was kind of our business model, and it was yeah, it was pretty successful. I thought, uh, you know, we didn't make a whole lot of money, but we made some money, uh, and it, it was fun. It was just uh, it was a good experience to for us to to figure out that it, it's not that hard to run. A, it's very hard to run a business. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, you have all these plans and ideas, and then all of a sudden, there's a lot more work yeah. to it behind it. Yeah. In terms so, of that model, though, you guys are yeah. kind of ahead of your time. Like when you think about uh, the state of basketball now it, across Canada, and you know, just how that you know, because at that time it was still pretty much like you either played provincial team or you went to camps, right? So you guys had a yeah. unique sort of touch on it that is something that's practiced almost everywhere today, right? Yeah, yes, that's yes. cool. You must have been, yeah, you, with, if you're working with those three, you must have been the brains behind the operation. <laughs> no, no, no. I just I just made sure I took care of the money because I know those guys. Were <laughs> 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 I, was, I was in charge of all the checks and I'm like, nah, maybe give me all the checks. I can't lie. When we do a camp, uh, Dom Zimmerman takes care of the, the checks too. And he does the registration. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes, that's right. that, that yeah, was me. I'm not too proud to admit it. <laughs> so and then uh in uh 2000 like uh, i don't know this story but uh yeah in 2001 um my daughter was born quinn and uh and at that time my, my wife uh adrian was still working in the states so she would drive from richmond and drive over the border to go to work in oh, way and she did that job for about 10 Holy. years and when she uh and in the States, you don't get a, a year maternity leave. You get three months. And that's using all your sick time and all your vacation, wow. right? So she took the, the three months and then had to go back to work. And then I took a paternity leave for the, for the remaining, uh, remaining nine months. And so during those, you know, those, those nine months, I, you know, I was training, training the guys, uh, I think we were trying to qualify for whether it was the world championship or uh, yeah, it was, I think it was the world championship at that time. And that's when I was training Nove and, and, and Maeve. Actually, uh, Kyle. I actually remember the few times I went now that you mentioned that I remember the stroller, the stroller. Yeah. Would, and I would have a back. Yeah, yeah. And my daughter, my daughter would be on my back and I would be running drills and, and you guys do this. And then, by the time we finished that portion, she was ready for a nap. We put her in her yep. playpen, and then she woke up halfway through the uh, the weight workout, and then uh, time to go That's home. So <laughs> it worked out fine. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, those, and then so you know, obviously those guys have seen Quinn grow yeah. up, uh, right throughout throughout the years and so on, but. Uh, yeah, no, that was a, a, a certainly a very, very special time for for me and for Quinn and yeah. I. Uh, and we, we, you know, we still share so much. You know, she was a she was a ball girl in uh, 
in Toronto. No way. Uh, she started when she was, I think she was like eight or nine years old. Yeah. Nine, yeah, nine years old. She started as a ball girl. That's cool. And just kept working her way. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, we had a lot of cool moments as, you know, father, son, a uh, father, sorry, father, daughter, uh, you know, working on the floor That's together. That's a great story. Love that. That's funny. Yeah. I, like you're talking and I'm like, damn, I remember actually, yeah, her sitting there, or, you know, being on your back. That's friggin' hilarious. Cool. That's great. I remember that Grizzlies facility and man, the guy still has a key to it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, did they still have all the weights and everything in there too? Yeah. Every, uh, everything. And then eventually they moved it after yeah. a while, but like everything was still there. I was just like, all right. I'd go there and work out Unreal. myself. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. So Toronto Raptors, man, what a ride it's been for you. And, you know, you still got lots of work to do. And, and how has it been working for the franchise? And how did that come across in your life? And, you know, just talk about some special so, moments other than the obvious ones. <laughs> so it all goes, uh, goes back to Jay yeah. again. Uh, so Jay gets the head coaching job in Toronto. Right. And that summer, uh, Jay and I got together. Jay came over to my house for dinner and we ordered some pizza. We were just hanging out and so on. And uh, I just kind of jokingly said, Hey, Jay, uh, you got, you got, a, you got, a, you need a strength coach. <laughs> right. And he's like, No, we just hired a guy from uh, Italy. Uh, his name was uh, Francesco Cusolin. And uh, I'm like, Okay, no problem. Three days later, I get a, a phone call from uh, Rick Celebrini. Mm. Uh, so Rick Celebrini is uh, one of the top was one of the top physios in uh, in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, you know, working with the Whitecaps and the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, you know, working with Steve yeah. Nash, Corby, you know, um, uh, at, at Fortius, yeah. and so on. And uh, Rick calls me. He's like, "Hey, John, the." the Toronto Raptors are need a guy, you know, like an assistant position. Is that something you'd be interested in? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, of course. So I phone, uh, I phone Jay back and say, Hey Jay, you know, Rick just told me about this position. He's like, yeah, I was just about to call you about it. Right. It's like, is that something that you, you might possibly want to do? And I'm like, Jay, I'd, yeah, of course I'd, I'd like to try it. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, this is the one where I had to speak to my wife about. Uh, That's a, I said, "Hey, there, there, Bellingham, there's a possible right? opportunity. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a possible opportunity here, you know, for us to go to uh, to Toronto. Do you think we can make that work?" And you know, you know, my wife Adrian, she's an amazing, amazing person. That she's she's always kind of backed whatever I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something I can never, um, sorry. Right. <laughs> Start crying on us. No, no, just getting a little yeah, emotional. That's all. I think one of the things that, uh, a lot of people have reflected on, on this show is, uh, you know, if you're a coach or you are involved in sport at some sort of, you know, high level, you need, if you, if you have a partner in your, you need that person in your corner. And a lot of, 
a lot of us have a wife, a wife who makes a serious sacrifice for us. Right. So I think it's awesome that you, um, can reflect on that and appreciate, you know, you, you're making decisions for your family, but also for yourself. And she's there to support you through that. And, and because being totally honest, if she didn't support it, you wouldn't have been able to chase your dreams. Right. And, uh, Correct. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. So, uh, so, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't just go there with a single salary. Right. Uh, so she, she made arrangements with her work to see if she would be able to work uh, remotely and just work from home and work from Toronto. Right. And, you know, luckily it was, that was, that was a go. So that was one, one box mm-hmm. ticked off. And then next was, okay, how am I going to, you know, what kind of deal is this going to be? Is it going to be a one-year deal or a two-year deal? Oh, you know, at that time I'd been teaching at Richmond High for 11 years yeah. already. So, you know, you're getting on with your years that, you know, pensions around the corner too, you got to start thinking yeah, about, right? And uh, I said, well, let's see what the school can do. And, and they granted me a year leave of absence, yeah. right? And one year leave of absence, and then I was still guaranteed my job back. So I'm like, hey, let's let's give yeah. it a try. Yeah. Right. So here's uh, – so at that time, uh, it was uh, – what's his name? Uh, Brian Colangelo was the okay. GM uh, of the Raptors at that time. And, you know, when we were going through this process, uh, uh, you know, about thinking seriously about this uh, – Steve was in town. He was at that time. He was just opening up his, uh, opening up his uh, Steve Nash mm-hmm. gyms, right? So we went to go visit me, Adrian, Quinn. We went to go visit him, say hello to him, and I said, "Hey, Steve, I don't know if you know, but I'm applying for the for the uh, Raptor job, the strength conditioning rap coach Raptor job." He goes, "What? You are?" He goes, "Hang on a minute," and so he, we're waiting. And he's, he's on the mm-hmm. phone, and he's sending Brian Colangelo a text on my behalf, like, yeah. you know, you know, you know, he's just hundred percent behind yeah. it, right? I, I, you know, I, I, I can't thank Steve enough, you know, for that, you know, what he that small thing that he did for me. I mean, um, you know, I guess that was a big influence, I believe. <laughs> Uh, and, and, Steve Nash's and, word might have something to do with it. I'd say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then hear your uh, emotions, man. It's awesome. Then, like I just, you know, just the the passion in your voice, and you know, I, I think it's so important that people hear just how thankful for you you are for a lot of people that have put their neck on the line for you. And again, it goes back to you being a hardworking, classy, you know, driven team player who will go above and beyond, right? Who will make sure that Jay Triano's water and his, you know, almonds or whatever are ready, you know, for every game. And, and you know, things come back to you. If you treat people well, you never know, right? Those opportunities wait wait for those that put the time in and, and do it the right way. So, um, but I think it's also great to hear just how thankful you are for that. You know, it's amazing. Just you can barely even get through it thinking about and just for our listeners to hear more stories about Steve and just what a selfless human being he was and how he put others before him and never really needed to, like, he doesn't need to make that call, right? He could be like, awesome. Good luck. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, uh, 
you know, like 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 you said, I'm just so thankful for the things that basketball has brought to my to my life, and and the most thankful thing I'm up about it is uh, all the mm-hmm. friends, friendships, brothers that uh, that have come about. I mean, like like I said before, you know, like that Olympic team, you know, you're bonded for a long, mm-hmm. long time, right? You know, you don't need you know, we haven't seen each other for some guys in 20 years, but you know what? As soon as we get together, yeah. it'll be the same. <laughs> for sure. It'll be, it'll, it'll be the same. So uh, I know Steve, Steve was in, instrumental in, I think, helping me, helping me with, uh, you know, the position. But uh, Jake calls back and say, hey, John, we want to fly you down to uh, Las Vegas for an interview because that's where we're having our right. summer league, right? So I'm like, okay. So I'm packing my bag. I'm telling my wife, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go for this interview. Like, you know, what suit do I have? And I'm bringing all, you know, all the nice clothes and stuff. And when I get there uh, to Vegas, you know, I get my room. uh, And, uh, and one of the guys that's, that helped me out there was, uh, his name is uh, Kevin DiPietro. And he was, he was the team uh, equipment and manager for the Toronto Raptors. And now we, we work closely together and, uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin is one of my very close friends. Now we vacation together. We, we do a lot of things together and, you know, and, and back then who would have right. known. Right. Uh, and then, so we, I go down to uh, my interview and they say, John, uh, we're going to pick you up and you, you're going to go to practice. It's like, what do I wear? Like, do I wear my suit or whatever? And then, no, just wear like shorts and, Here's some gear and put this on some Toronto Raptor gear. So I do, and then uh, I, I one of the first people that I meet there. This is this is a f- kind of funny story. One of the people I, first people I meet there is uh, Alvin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I guess Alvin was at that time was kind of in the same. We were kind of in the same situation about you know kind of interviewing for for jobs and. And the team was kind of just finishing up and he was there standing and I'm like, I didn't really know who Alvin was. And I'm just like, Hey, you want to, you want to play a shooting game? <laughs> so I just shouted <laughs> after a shooting game. It's like, what? It's like, yeah, here's, here's the games. You know, this is a three point game. There's a swish game and there's a, a golf game. You want to play? He's like, sure. So we just started playing these games. Right. And that was a game that we carried on, you know, after we both got hired and we, and we carried it throughout our time together with, with the Raptors. Awesome. Like whenever we had a, a free moment, it's like, okay, who's, who's got the crown? Who's got the belt? Yeah. So on, right? And it was, uh, you know, so the, the way the game goes is if you win two out of three, you get the belt. You kind of walk around, you press around, you have a make-believe belt like yeah. you're a wrestler, right? And if you win three out of three, which is rare, uh, and you get, it's called the triple crown, right? And, uh, and if you're, if you have the triple crown and, and you're the king, one of the stipulations is if the king looks at you and points to you, the other guy has to like, Pretend he's blowing the horns, like saluting the king, like whatever, some idiotic thing. And, and, and it was like you, you could be like in the middle of yeah. a restaurant 
or you could be uh, on, on the bench and then all he has to do is kind of look at you and you have to toot the horns right underneath your breath so that nobody else knows what's going on and and this this game actually carried on with uh i i carried this on with uh terrence yeah. ross yeah and then and we we've, we've we've done it and there's there's some some games where you know after we would do it before uh before every game and there was one time he he did win the triple crown and He'd, he'd look at me at, from the bench while while the game was going on, and he'd nod his head, and I'd have to had had to salute. I had to do the horns. Wow, it's a crazy, crazy thing that we do. <laughs> oh man! Everybody's looking at this, this guy game. like, who is this guy tooting a horn in the middle of this game, man? <laughs> <laughs> and and you know to go to go along with uh, with Al, Alvin. Uh, it, I consider Alvin one of my best friends to yeah. this day, and we we've, even after he's left with the Raptors, we're we're still very close. We see each other as much as we can on the road. Uh, when I go to Philly or when he comes to Toronto, we have a favorite uh, Chinese spot that we go to in Toronto, and that's like one of our go-to spots that you know we can't miss. So, you know, he's had the opportunity to do the U Sport, and Alvin Williams does the you know he does the the color with him, right? So. Um, seems like a super good guy and just very down to earth. So that's super. Oh yes, with a uh, with a uh, university. Yeah, yeah he does team, the so. Canadian the Canadian university color. Yeah, right. does, does Yeah, and I, I when I just talked to Alvin last week, he's like, you know, after this whole pandemic thing, he he wants to take the family up to Vancouver as much oh, as yeah? he can. Yeah, he wants to really bring the bring the family up to Vancouver. Because he's had you know such a great time there, and what a beautiful nice. city it is. Right? Yeah, because he would have been out here even the year that uh, UBC hosted it too. So he, he probably, yeah, yes, that's right. Time. right on, man. That's great. Love that. Love. Yeah. I might have to implement that. Uh, that game. That game the with horns. my team. He <laughs> <laughs> can get seriously. It's true. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah. I guess as the teacher, I've been walking around friggin'. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know if I want to be telling any of my kids they have the crown over me that would be hurtful for my pride for sure <laughs> <laughs> and then um it's funny it's funny when when i when i play this game with some of the the, yeah. the rookies and they don't and they lose and they're like how did i just lose to the yeah. strength coach <laughs> <laughs> did you, you like, be careful did you know i was the <laughs> time uh brunette athlete of the year did you know that yeah, Jay and Burnett after the year. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Come on. So. I can win a shooting contest um. with a Danny Screamer in my left hand, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how sad was I that know. day? Oh, my day they- I was in Toronto when I heard. I'm like, no yeah. way. Because every summer we came back, my, 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 my daughter and I, we would, we would make a specific run to Danny's, like part of our little routine that we do and oh man when we heard that they shut down i was just like wow that was that was hurtful man i can't tell me how many times i after a game at dolphin and then a you know a few beers in the beer garden and then stop for a screamer man is like routine yeah Yeah. screamer and a pizza or uh you got it yeah (laughs) right um we always do like a little fun sort of lightning round where we just fire some weird questions at people. Are you are you up for that before we let you go? Okay. Yeah. I can't yeah, of off. course, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I do have a question. Who, who, who in all your time yeah. and working with so many high level guys, who's like the freakiest guy or like that you've just been working with, maybe done some testing and stuff. And you're like, Oh my God, like this is, you know, uh, two, two guys really stand out and it was, uh, Bismarck oh, yeah? and, uh, Scola. Scola. Yeah. Scola's a Really? So get, get this. Scola, uh, you know, we were, when he was with us and he was with us maybe one or one or two years, I think. Uh, and, uh, we were talking about like, I want to be able to do this. Like, and we, I said, I want to be able to do like a muscle up. You know what that is? Yeah. It's, it's when you go from a, a hanging, uh, hanging, like almost like a chin up yeah. position and pull, pull yourself up until your arms are fully extended so that your, your, your waist is yeah. by the bar. Yep. From I've never completed right? one in my life, and, but I've seen them done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would work on it, and then, then I think it was either the next year or the second year after he left us, uh, Scola came came back to for a visit, and I I told him I was like Scola, I'm able to do it now. So I showed him right, and it's I didn't you know it's not like a, the like the ones that they show on YouTube, but like I'm able to do it, and he's like. So can I? I'm like, no chance. You weigh 240 yeah. pounds, and you're what yeah. six nine. So he goes, watch. So he goes on the bar and he does it. I'm like, score. <laughs> just amazed me. I was just like, because he, he said he wanted to do it, wow. so he did it. That's a large human being to do that. To do that, yes, very large. But did you know he was a pilot? Really? Yeah. He's like international man, like you know, like that. That yeah, yeah, commercial. yeah. <laughs> so, like, so he 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 got his pilot's license, and I think he he finally completed his license when he was in Canada, I believe. And then he had his plane here, and he's like, uh, "I'm going to fly my plane back to Argentina." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to." have a, a, a another pilot with me that's fully licensed and we're going to fly it back and like so you know he had to plan out his whole route you know go from toronto to to orlando stop there orlando to another caribbean island and just move all the way down and and he was telling me like the stories that how, how he was going to do this thing right and i was just like wow and then eventually he flew his family down. Like he got a bigger plane and they flew his whole family. Like they made it uh, like a three-week trip. They would stop at a, a, a country, a different country, and then they, they'd have a vacation and then they'd, they'd pick up and go go to another place and stay a couple of days until uh, till he got all the way to his uh, compound. And he's got a runway on his compound. Of course he does. Amazing. Yeah. Great, great. Just a, just a, just a very interesting yeah. man. I wonder how, like... He must need some extra leg room on that on that plane, man. Yeah, no kidding. Albo was just no a freak too. Biz, Bismack, just just pure really? strength. Yeah, just and and just a great person. Yeah. Just the you know another guy that's very humbled and very very thankful for where mm -hmm. he is. Just uh, yeah, cool. Very. Don't get me wrong, but Toronto Raptor guys are the right. best. Of course, the guys we have, the guys that we have here are 
are one of the best people that I've I've, I've come. And you don't like, uh, you know, you, you you get to know some people that are at a higher level, get behind the scenes a bit and stuff, and you never want to jump to conclusions. But I think when you watch the Raptors play, and you just see, I think you get that sense. They look like you know they've got. You guys have eight to ten guys that can score twenty on any night, right? Like it's crazy, and 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 just the ability to guard and get after it and sacrifice for each other. I think as a fan or as someone who watches the Raptors play, it's pretty easy to pick up on. And um, if you don't mind, just selfishly, as a couple coaches in the room, talk about like just the impact of like Nick Nurse and what you see with him and the culture that he's been able to bring over. Obviously, now being involved with the national team. Um, I got to meet Meeks uh, earlier in the year as well. I did a, a, na- a junior national team sort of camp out here with him, and he's told some you know cool Nick Nurse stories and stuff like that. And he just seems like someone that I would love to work for as well. Like just a very positive, you know, sort of hip with it um, kind of guy. So here's here's kind of like a maybe a, a part of a synopsis of what Nick is like mm-hmm. as a person. So. When he was, uh, I guess it was Dwayne, Dwayne Casey's, I think it was his last year. So Nick was an assistant mm-hmm. at the time. Um, you know, I'd have like, I'd have uh, certain type of music playing in the, uh, up in our practice facility at the, at, at the Scotia Arena, because we still have our arena, uh, yeah. practice area there. And I was playing Foreigner, and Nick's like, man, this is the best, you know, the Foreigner yeah. uh, album, the greatest hits, Foreigner's greatest <laughs> hits. And and then I didn't think anything of it. And then about three weeks later, it's like, Johnny, I got a surprise for you, but you're going to have to wait three months. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. And then every month he's like, Johnny, remember, I still have a surprise for you. It's like, wow, what is it? It's like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to tell you. It's like, okay. And then... Two weeks before the surprise, he would tell me like every other day, Johnny, your surprise is coming. <laughs> so I'm like really intrigued yeah, by yeah. this, right? And then the day finally comes, and uh, uh, he 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 got the help of my wife uh, in on yeah. the surprise, right? And uh, um, Adrian's like, "Hey, uh, we we got to go to this location and and meet Nick." And this is, we're going to go get your surprise. I'm like, what? So we go to a you're restaurant. Right. No, so no, excited. sorry. They, 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 you're just they, telling the story, they, excitement in your voice. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they pick yeah. it up. And uh, we, 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 we park and we go to this burger place and we, we walk by this, uh, like a, one of the uh, theaters in, in Toronto. And, and then Nick's like, do you, know, do you know what your surprise is yet? It's like, no, I have no idea. And he and he goes, pulls out these tickets. It was the tickets for Foreigner. They were playing at that theater. I was just like, "What? Are you kidding me?" So, so we're, we we have our burgers. We ate them like really quick. And I'm like, "Let's yeah. get to the concert." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the best. Nick and I were the, the only ones standing up. Our wives were sitting down because they didn't know all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And you know that, and again, that's that's just a small snippet of who Nick Nurse is. Like, very, very uh, genuine, generous yeah. person. Right? Not so. Just uh, you know, we're 
we certainly are very, you know, very lucky to have them uh, with us. And I can't speak volumes about uh, him as a person, him as a dad, him as a husband. Just a great, that's great cool. guy. I mean, that story to pull out is like, how do you, you know, you, you just hear that story. You can just it, literally make assumptions about what he's like from there. That's so cool. <laughs> also, the excitement yeah. in your voice in that story is. <laughs> and then I'd be, I'd be his, because uh, I live yeah. right downtown. And uh, Nick, Nick loves to go to uh, plays and musicals. And. And if uh, nobody's able to go with them, I'm like the de facto, hey, do you want to meet, meet me at a theater? I'll be like, okay. No. So, you know, I, it's only a two-block oh. walk for me. So I'd meet him at the theater. And then the last show that we went to go see was, Jesus, uh, oh, I forget the name of it. It's the one with uh, Sting. Sting was in it. Uh, remember. I can't remember the, the, the play. <laughs> But then, but then afterwards, we were like went backstage and met with Sting in this dressing room. I was like, hmm, "This is surreal." Come on. <laughs> so, oh, oh, it was great. That's unreal. That is unreal. And then, how about like the, the was it the last ship? That's it. The last ship. We're quick on the draw here at a hoops journey, man. We got your back, Jordy McTavish. Yeah, the yeah, last ship. Your, we got you for those mind gaps you got. You know, we got you. <laughs> um and then just talk about like in your wildest dreams let alone representing your country you could call yourself like you're somewhere on a list of people as an nba champion like how what a crazy season that was and i heard i've heard some cool stories you know through the grapevine that you probably wouldn't share just about like how some of the guys kind of took care of you after and you know how much they appreciate how you know the hard work that you put in but how did it feel when that final buzzer went and uh, like just the emotions of being a part of that must have been absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, one of, one of the things I, I take, uh, take a little bit of pride in is um, at halftime and at the end of the game, I'm, I'm the first guy at the locker room to, to high five guys okay. when they come in. Right. At halftime. And I kind of started this with the, uh, with the national team, you know, when we, when we traveled with the national team, I always had a Canadian flag that I put in the window of my mm. hotel room. And so, you know, when we were in Puerto Rico, people would be pointing out, you know, whose room is that? You know, the Canadian flag just mm -hmm. out the window. Right. And so they knew that this is our floor and so on. And at the same time, I would also bring, uh, I would also bring a flag to our dressing room and, I would tape it by the door, and um, I would make sure that every player uh, touched the flag before they left mm -hmm. to go play the game. You know, it's just kind of a tradition we kind of yeah, kind of did. It. And so, so <clears throat> out of the uh, out of the eleven years I was with the Toronto Raptors, I think I've only missed the players. You know, you know, giving them high fives at halftime and at the end of the game. I think one time and that was because I was, I was sick and I was yeah. just not there. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and Oh, twice the, the final after we won, I, I wasn't at the locker room. <laughs> we were too celebrate too, 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 too busy celebrating yeah. on the floor for us. <laughs> yeah. That must've been a little so bit chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that was you know just the final moments of that game, and and, and you know we 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 re rewatched that game so many times, and it still gets your heart pumping, you know, when, when Danny Danny threw that ball away. Remember in the last yeah. few seconds, yeah, uh, to the pass to Pascal, and then we got yeah. thrown out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, and then they had a chance. And I was on the baseline. I was just like, I was on the baseline, just making sure our guys didn't like step on the floor, right? Like I didn't want to get a technical foul or anything like that. Just like pushing guys back, just wait, just wait, just wait. And then when that final buzzer went, we just just rushed the floor and and you know, hugging each other, and getting our hats and our t-shirts, and and getting on the stage and just like, you know, one of my best memories was like being on that stage and filming. Uh, Filming the crowd, filming the crowd singing "Oh Canada" was just like, oh my goodness! Like you know, this is what it means being a Canadian. Uh, you know, and and over the years, you know, the better that we get, you know, there's Canadian fans popping out of everywhere now. Like for example, when we go play mm -hmm. in Minnesota, there's a ton of Canadian fans. They they drive down what four or five hours just to come yeah. see us. Uh, when we go to Portland. There's a uh, fair share. Uh, you go to Detroit; it's all mm. Canadian. It's uh, it's actually it's actually uh, uh, you know it, if I was Detroit, I would probably limit how much tickets I would sell to Canadians because they can take over that stadium because the border is just you know uh, pretty yeah, close by, close, right? Yeah. And you know, and it's it's a much cheaper ticket than going to uh, to uh, yeah, Scotia for sure. That's cool. In Toronto, how crazy was how, yeah. how, how crazy was the arena when uh, Kawhi's shot dropped down? Is that the loudest you ever heard it? Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, unfortunately, I was trapped between two rooms, between our equipment room and uh, our uh, what's it called? It our training yeah. room. There's a little hallway, so I was watching it on one feed, and I didn't realize it was. It was uh, delayed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I was trying to get to the floor, yeah. but uh, my, my 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 fingerprint uh, wouldn't register right mm -hmm. away. And then I just heard the I just heard the, uh, the the crowds, and then that's when I knew. Like I didn't even see this thing live. But there's you know there's a there's a a picture of my daughter yeah. in one of the. Uh, uh, one of the magazines, one of the Sports Illustrated magazines, like just in the crowd there, like screaming her head off with, uh, with, with all the people. Yeah, right? that's cool. Yeah, that that was yeah, that was amazing. Love it, amazing. Love it. All right, you know what? But I don't remember the, the last three days after we won, though. It's just kind of blurry. Yeah, you don't need to tell us why. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was good. Like say that's another oh, podcast. Yeah, we always say that's another podcast. Yeah, different podcast. Yeah, that's that's when I come back to Vancouver and we have a private yeah, podcast. We go to the. Does the Pioneer still exist? I remember when I worked at West Richmond Community Center, we would go to the Pie for like wing specials, like ten cent wings or something. Yeah, that's. I think the uh, New Settlers is still there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pioneer Pub. No, no, the Beavers usually yeah, a spot. Great spot. <laughs> Cool, man. This has been so cool, and I'm I'm really glad and, and fortunate you came on. And are you ready to just take a few just obscure questions from us before uh, before you, you go on your way? And I got to go home and uh, take down and I.
Hey, I got to tell you. One Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, the, the Wednesday, the Wednesday before we uh, play our final game in uh, Golden State, mm -hmm. we, had, we had to go buy champagne because, visit, you know, we're the visiting team and the home team's not going to supply for you, right? So we, we just had to be prepared just That's in case. That's how it works, right? So, yeah, like you, you have to provide your own oh, stuff, man. right? That would feel like the biggest jinx to me and too. So, I'd be nervous to buy it. Well, yeah, yeah. you got to do it. You got to do it. If you don't do it, then yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, Kevin, uh, you know, our, our our team team manager, I guess, and travel person. He says, Johnny, you got to get on the bus, and you got to help us get stuff. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, we got to go to. Uh, uh, Home Depot to go buy plastic, you know, to cover up the the locker room and you know staple guns and tape and whatever it is. Like okay, and and then we have to go go buy some champagne. So we go get on the bus. So me, Kevin, uh, John Atelier, our security guy, Billy Bevin, our security guy, Paul Elliott, who is our uh, equipment guy, and then we're like get on the bus. And the bu our bus driver Vince is like the number one guy like one of the number one guys in the league as far as bus drivers because vince will will take you anywhere you okay. want to go in his bus so there's been, there's been trips in the past where hey john i got this burger place i want to take you and fortunately my family was on that trip and we'd get on the bus and there'd be me quinn adrian kevin uh his girlfriend uh burgundy and Vince would take us all over to uh, uh, over over the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, what's that area over the Golden Gate Bridge? A little a little town. Uh, can somebody Google? Yeah. Anyways, and it had the best burgers. Okay. He drives the this this burger spot, this tiny little burger spot, and we're driving around downtown in this big bus, like it was our own personal limousine. And he'd take us to this burger spot. We, you know, fortunately there's like bus parking there. We get out, get some burgers, eat, and he'd give us a tour of the of the city, and then we we go back. And it was just amazing, amazing bus driver. Anyways, I I, I kind of go off tangent here a little bit, but so we we get all the stuff from uh, Home Depot, and then uh, we we go to the leg. La, Liquor, liquor, liquor depot or Bev, Bevmo is the I think the name of the place, right? We get to the place and all the lights are turned off. We're like, what's going on here? So we knock on the door and uh, the guy opens up the door and uh, Kevin's like, "Hey man, we need we need to buy some champagne." He's like, "Sorry, we're we're closed right now. We don't have any power. We've been out of you know we haven't had power since noon." Um, you, you might have to come back tomorrow. It's like, no, I I need to get it like yeah. today, like order it today. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's like, well, how much do you need? He goes, uh, about 200 bottles. And then the guy goes, wait a second, let me go get my manager. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy go get the manager out and, and says, so you guys need 200 bottles of champagne? Like what kind? He's like, uh, we just need, you know, like these sparkling wine that doesn't cost very much. It was like, uh, nineteen ninety nine per bottle, right? Yeah, like we didn't need like the high end champagne, and we were gonna be wasting that kind of money. It's like nineteen nineteen 
1999 or something, 1995. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, you, you can get that. But wait, there's a special. It's 1995 for the first bottle. The second bottle's five cents. Kevin's like, we'll take 400 then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> Oh, so we had 400 bottles of champagne for the celebration. Or do the math there. What's that? <laughs> so you, needless to say, you didn't run out. Run out. <laughs> no, no. When you walked into that, uh, uh, when you walked into that dressing room, like people were already popping, and like the whole floor was covered in bottles, and you just picked one up, and and the and the floor was covered in plastic sheeting too, right? And you pick a bottle, you you twist it pop the cork, spray it everywhere, and then you just pick up another one. You just kept going until your hands got tired. <laughs> <laughs> and by, by the end of it, you were like, my shoes were ruined. I had to throw my shoes away because it was like, I don't know, two, two inches of like champagne on the floor easily. <laughs> it was like incredible. You know, I know why they wear the goggles too. Yeah, no doubt. You should have just dried them out. and Very, very needed. You should have dried them out and put them in a trophy yeah. case or something. The shoes. Yeah, no, that was a bad, bad. <laughs> Champagne's not good for shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of the best stories uh, out of that. And then we win, we end up winning the next day. So. Yeah, that's great. Oh, so it was the day before the final game. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. day before, yeah. No, no trying Wednesday. to picture you guys driving that bus around like yeah. Oakland, San Francisco. It was pretty hilarious, too. People expecting like, and then, uh, people to know, get off and like seven of you roll out and get some burgers. <laughs> that, that, that's it. And then uh, I guess the, the one of the most memorable parts too also is the uh, the parade. Yeah. The parade was like something that's, I don't, I don't know. And you know what? That might be the last parade like that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, with the, with the situation that we're living in right now, you know. To be, to, to be able to experience that as the last parade for, for an NBA champion. Wow. It's just like sea of people. You know how, you know how, uh, when, when the team scores and they they just scream mm -hmm. and that constant screaming, yeah. and then usually it dies down Well, it didn't die down for the whole parade. It's just like you hit the next section and then there's more fans there and they're screaming. And then you hit the next section. There's more. Fans. It's just, unbelievable crazy yeah so you know fortunately on uh we played uh christmas day this yeah. year and uh uh and on christmas day i uh we had booked a, a flight home as well so it was a it was a noon game uh got you know got got changed went back to the house for a little bit and then uh I was able to fly back to uh, Vancouver with uh, Larry O'Brien Trophy. So on on Christmas Day, I, I knocked on my parents' door and I covered the people because they didn't. Nobody knew I was coming. Yeah. None of my family knew I was coming. And then they open up the door and I show up with the trophy and in, in, in the in the ring. And my dad was my mom and dad were so proud. That's cool, man. That's cool. Amazing, amazing feeling to, to be able to share it with your family. And then the next day, I took the. Uh, I took the trophy to uh, to the children's hospital. Oh, nice! And uh, yeah, and then you know I wanted to 
to, to, to just share it with uh, the people at Ronald McDonald's yep. house. Right. That's yeah. And then uh, after that, I took it to the uh, Richmond Oval and had all my friends and family come and take pictures with it. Nice. So it was a, uh, it was very, very, very cool. And then you made sure it got home, right? Made sure I got home. Yeah. I had, uh, I had a special, uh, special, we had a special case for it and a special, uh, uh, papers for it that this was very very uh, special cargo <laughs> and just wondering what people were thinking when they were putting it through the x-ray yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this- have you ever been more- you know one more uh, one, yeah. more thing, one more thing before we the finishing yeah. up you know i i, I like to thank uh for this opportunity uh with the toronto raptors uh um masai uh mm-hmm. uh bobby Webster, teresa resh uh, Dan, um, uh, and, uh, also, uh, Alex McKechnie, who's, uh, been a long time mentor for me, who's, uh, who's a director of our exercise science p- program. Uh, he showed me a lot of things that, uh, I thought I knew, but didn't. And, uh, he's, he's definitely helped me along mm-hmm. the way, um, to be the, the strength conditioning coach that I am today. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, and just like, like you said, you know, we, we travel, the people that you travel with on this team, uh, th- that's, it's your second family. Uh, you spend more time with them than you do with, uh, uh, unfortunately, with your own family yeah. sometimes. But, uh, you, know, you know, we have a very, very special group here. We have some very good, great coaches, uh, um, great coaches, great staff. Uh, you know what? We, we just have great, great mm-hmm. people. And that sure makes, you know, hanging out with your second family uh, a lot easier you know obviously the people in the bubble uh not everybody could be here we only had a cutoff of 37 people and uh, obviously our staff goes goes beyond that you know unfortunately kevin's kevin's not here because uh you know as a team logistics person uh you know there's not much for him to do in in the bubble really so and uh you know some other people i'd like to mention there jennifer quinn who's the head of our pr uh John Goodwilly, who's uh, one of our assistant coaches and, and does a lot of the videos and, and you know, countless people that it's too many people to mm-hmm. name, really, uh, you know. But uh, uh, like like you said, I'm very humbled to be to be able to work with some some. Some great people. Yeah, great it takes people. a village, doesn't it, man? It certainly does, and and I'm you know I haven't even got to the yeah. players. And they, they they speak for themselves, and you know I'm I'm very 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 blessed for the, the type of people, the type of players yeah. that we have. I can only imagine, I can only imagine feel to have like a just a high end million dollar athlete just have the ability to trust in you and what you're doing, right? But um, you know, we always talk about, I think leadership comes down to relationships, right? And so I'm just guessing that in some way, like you did with Alvin Williams and players, Terrence Ross, you know, that, that shooting game that you're playing isn't just about a shooting game. It's about developing a relationship with someone, having other, the guys within that team, see that relationship and go, oh, you know what? 
yeah, Johnny's he's a good dude, right? Like, you know, if he asks me to do this, I'm going to buy into that. And then you get to know these guys and have different sort of level of conversations. It's not just about basketball. You get to know their lives and who they are and where they come from. Just like those kids in that program, right back to Richmond High, right? Full circle, finding out about their stories and who they are and why they react certain ways or maybe why they won't buy into maybe something you're trying to offer them from a training perspective from the start, right? And those life lessons, you know, from 1998 now to 2020, you're still applying them, but with grown men that are making millions of dollars, you know? And I, I think that's such an amazing thing when you think about it. I don't even know if you've ever thought about that in your journey in that way, but it's the same conversation just with a different person. And you found a way to have the Raptors believe in you, you be a part of a team and then work with the best athletes in the entire world and have them trust you with their bodies, which is what makes them their living. Right. So that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head there. Just uh, yeah. great, great people, great staff, you know, great organization. Uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tannenbaum has treated, really treated us like a family, like, you know, uh, you know, as a team owner, he, he's had complete trust in all of us. Uh, and, you know, one of the highlights each year that I look forward to is he invites us to his home to have dinner, which I think is so important and how special that is to, to be able to mm -hmm. eat together and, 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 and to invite you to their home. It's, it's pretty yeah. special. Something said when you get to, uh, break bread, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. So, so, you know, all things that you appreciate yeah. in life, right? Love it, man. Love it. Um, and before we go, like I said, you know, again, I can't thank my wife, Adrian, enough and, and my daughter. Uh, the two of them made some big sacrifices to come to, uh, you know, to, to come to Toronto. You know, you know, one of the hardest things was to pull Quinn out of school away from her friends that, that she had and away from, you know, all, all, all our family that's still mm -hmm. in Vancouver, right? And, you know, with, without their support, I mean, I'm not yeah. doing this at all. Like, and they've, they've backed me up all the way uh, to to where we are right now, and they're they're just as big of part of the success that I've we've had here together. Um, they're just as big of part of that. Great man, and you've been able to create so many great memories. It sounds like with your daughter too, which is you can't put a price tag or anything on that stuff, right? Those moments are locked in time forever for you, and those are special. So love the I love the reflection, man. Exactly. It's great stuff. Um, yeah. can you tell us? I should let you go. Oh, you no, 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 no. We have like I get. We got to put you through the fire here, okay? Just before. Okay. <laughs> uh, tell us your thoughts about ketchup on macaroni. Oh, absolutely! Really? Yeah, but no, no milk, just butter. Yeah, butter uh, to cook with the macaroni, and then the and yeah. then the powder, and then ketchup. Wow, no milk remix yeah it's a hot topic on a hoops journey so thank you for that well, i don't think we've heard that version have we no, no butter wow yeah okay um no, or no, no milk no sorry butter. if we've heard we haven't heard no milk before no, no one's no, no one's mentioned that no milk. well done well done yeah ketchup and then and then to change yeah. it up sometimes sriracha. Ah, sriracha okay all right you've you've heard it people um if we grab have you done the hot dog? Yet? Yeah, sure. Yeah, hot dog has also been brought up as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, but you gotta chop up the hot dog yeah. super thin, 
and then you're gonna you're gonna fry it so yeah. it's crispy and then you put it okay in. all right sure yeah <laughs> love it uh if we were to grab your phone or like your apple music or spotify like what are what are the five most common uh groups or artists that are spinning for you uh for sure a little michael jackson okay uh earth wind and fire Ooh. i'm yeah. old school cool in the gang <laughs> uh let's see a little uh a little tupac yes and uh and obviously the classic raw bass it, i want to rock right now go. you want to stop there hey boy. okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it um who has and you've talked about it a, a little bit but who have been the most important people in your life if you had to narrow it down to just a small little circle of people I mean, you've mentioned so many na names along the way but is it your, your wife and daughter is it or is it kind of just that and the extended family yeah I, you know i'd have to say uh my uh my wife and daughter definitely uh they're you know two two most important but you know, as far as uh, I have, like, you know, whether you, it's right or wrong to divide it, but, you know, I have my, uh, the close-knit basketball friends. I have my uh, friends that I mentioned in, you know, in high mm -hmm. school, um, uh, you know, some of those guys. Um, geez, you know, I, I, you know, to me, I feel like I'm the richest guy in the world because of all my friends and family that I have, so that's I, I i you know I, I top of my head my mom and dad obviously and my my two brothers but um you know my wife and daughter are pretty important awesome. to me uh you get to, you get let out of the bubble for some reason you get you sneak out for four minutes you run to 7-eleven you got like 375 on you what bag of chips are you grabbing uh Cheese, the cheesies. Ooh, another cheesy. Like Cheetos or the Hawkins cheesies, like the old school with the blue stripes on them? The, Haw the Hawkins old school cheesies, so the hard ones, not not the soft cheese ones. Wow. Wow. That, you are old school. Right? I love it. Yeah. You got the old school in you, man. Yeah. That's, how much it costs? I don't know. That's just, that's just a guess. I don't even know, but I. I just say some random name. I'll have to check. I'll check for you. But also, yeah. we got to take into account it's probably a dollar eighty-five American, which is like nine ninety-five Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> um, in your mind, who is the greatest basketball player of all time ever? The goat debate. Oh boy! Wow. You know what? I'm gonna go with my guy, Steve Nash. <laughs> I know it's not right, but it's gonna go with my like guy. Right now, we should have O Canada playing when we release this, and like, yeah. I just want to start chugging maple syrup. Yep. Uh, no, Molson. Yeah, Mol okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Shoot it with uh, maple syrup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, last question before you go. This has been so good. Um, you know, I, again, really appreciate you taking the time and. You know, it sounds like it's been fun for you to kind of scroll down memory lane and have some reflection. But uh, the last question we'll have for you is: if you uh, if you could do it all again, you would. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, if if I could do it all again, yeah, I, would I don't know. 
this is just a question. I like to just see how people respond. Well, you would change something. You would do it all. What would you, what do you think? Press rewind. Pardon me. Yeah. Do it again. Press rewind. Yeah. And do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, you know, like, like, like I'll, I'll say it again. And, uh, you know, after, after this is all done, I'll still have those mm-hmm. friends. That's the great part about it. You know, you know, like for example, one of, one of the, one of the main influences of me as a strength coach as well was my, uh, my first boss, Francesco Cusolin, who was the head guy and while I was yep. an assistant. Um, and he's in Italy now. And today's to this day, we're, 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 we're very good friends. And we text each other. We keep up with each other's families. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Italy, Italy last year. And we, you know, we spent some time together. Uh, but you know, he had a major impact of, also who of who I am as a as a professional in the in the industry right now too, so you know, bless bless many ways with all the people that I've met. You know, getting to talk to you guys, mm-hmm. yeah, amazing. You know, reflecting back on all the on the old school days and stuff. And you know, I heard I heard the podcast with Mavis and and with Jay. I think you guys are doing a great job to to bring basketball back into. Uh, to BC and, and what it really meant. Like, uh, you know, some of these young, young kids don't know anything about mm-hmm. this stuff. And, and I'm glad that you're bringing this back up. Again. Thanks, man. It's been a really fun project. And, uh, you know, high school basketball was a huge part of both Corbin and our lives. And, you know, and, and now we both coach and there is a rich history and so many great people within the game. And, and um, thank you for opening yourself up and letting people hear your story and, um, before we let you go, if there's anyone else you feel like you, you left out or haven't given a shout out to, uh, this is your chance. And then, uh, we wish you and the Raptors nothing yeah. but the best, but yeah, go for it. You know, my, my brother Alvin and my, my brother Jay, who is in, uh, he was a teacher in Florida. Uh, you know, my close friends back home when, whenever I come home, we, we, we go to my friend, uh, Mike Matsuo's house and everybody shows up there. And that's kind of like the. He's kind of like the uh, uh, the the lightning rod that attracts yeah. everybody. So, uh, and we're very fortunate that you know he's a very gracious host to to all of us. Uh, 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 Doug Sakaki, Derek Sampert, Sean Hill, all these all these guys. I mentioned uh, uh, Ray Athwal, Tony Edwards, all all these all these people that are uh, David Souden, who's the, my uh, Who's an orthopedic surgeon? Uh, just, just countless people uh, that I'm, I'm very, very happy to be with. Love it! What an amazing episode to our listeners. I, you know, rewind and go over it again. I think if you just can take a few things away and learn a little bit about life from from what Johnny's talked about, and you know, if you just treat people the right way and you continue to work hard, you know, good things will happen to you. And then always, always remember to reflect and be and be you know, thankful for what we have in our lives. Um, we really appreciate you being with us again. We wish you and the Raptors nothing but the best. Um, the next time you're in town, hopefully you can add us to your circle and we can get you a t-shirt and, and, uh, a Molson's and, um, you know, we wish you and your family health and, hap- hey, health yeah. and happiness and, uh, and all the best, man. Do, uh, do me a favor. Send me your, send me your, uh, shirt sizes. I'll, I'll get some stuff over to you're you. You're a good man. 
We will for sure. Both Thank you. you. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Great episode of the Hoops Journey. You're welcome. So good. We uh, shout out to our sponsors, Good Lad Clothing and Parkside Brewery. And we'll see you on the next episode. Okay.